Animal Magnetism. Exploring animal care for creatures great and small. Conservation and preservation in today's world. Find out what a single voice can do to make a difference in the lives of animals. Animal Magnetism with Carolyn Hennessy starts right now on UVN Radio. Yes, yes, yes. Welcome to the Church of Almighty Animal Conservation and Preservation, ladies and gentlemen. Hello, listeners. Thank you again for joining me on Animal Magnetism. I am your preservationist and conservationist host, Carolyn Hennessy, usually joined by my uh, producer, Andrea Compton, but Andrea is off on a vacation oh. somewhere. I mean, how dare she? How dare, and right. someplace with no cell service, so she's not able to, ch to chime in. It's as simple as that. But we have, as per usual, except for last week when you were sorely missed, Gray, uh, the man that I consider to be the alpha and the omega in the uh, animal preservationist, conservationist world, my mentor for the last 12 years, Gray. Wow. 12 Time years. Time goes fast. It really does when you're saving animals. Uh, the inimitable Dr. Gray Stafford. Animal Thank magnet. you. What? <laughs> what was that? <laughs> yes, we want the applause. <laughs> Thank you. We Thank want you. The I think Andrea was a very smart woman not to take a cell phone that worked. I think I think she absolutely <laughs> was. Look at me. I look like I am dressed for winter weather, and it's yeah, chilly and overcast here in Los Angeles. But but it's also eight o'clock in the morning when we when we tape this on a Sunday morning. Uh, and by the way, thank you everybody who's on this show and you, Tony, for getting up. But it's it's, it's a little chilly outside, so I look like I'm look like I'm dressed for Siberia. Uh, very very interesting show today. Uh, one guest to talk about foam, and then it's going to be Gray and I doing a roundtable sort of wrap-up, kind of a mid-year wrap-up as to everything that's going on in the animal animal world. Gray just got back from Florida, correct? Yes, I spent a week in Florida okay. uh, checking out some zoos and seeing some old friends. Yeah, exactly. Before we get to that, we have a guest on named Tim Woodward, and Tim is an old, old, old friend of mine. N not old, but for, <laughs> many, for many years. For many years. Uh, because Tim, in addition to being... Hang on. Because the, the title is something else. Oh. Extensive experience in the areas of investment banking, entertainment, and marketing. And prior to joining Advanced Innovative Recovery Technologies which we're going to talk about. Mr. Woodward served as the director of the Tri-State Bipolymers, Tri Bipolymers LLC. Biopolymers. What? what? A privately held developer, manufacturer, and marketer of environmentally sustainable, energy-efficient, and economical bipolymer foam products. Wow. Okay. So, in a, Prior to doing that, but Tim's also an actor. And that's how you and I know each other, Tim. Because you and I did a, a play, what, 15, 20 years ago, called Genome Games, where we played little genomes, uh, you know, constructing DNA molecules and bending over and backwards and forwards and recombining with two, with two other individuals. Right. How are you, my friend? I'm good. How are you? Good, 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 good. Welcome. Welcome to the show. And Tim contacted me, and I'm so glad you did, Tim, because you have, I mean, how does bipolymer products help animals, right? <laughs> but we, we send out a questionnaire, and, and the first topic really is the current project. What do you want to discuss? 
And Tim put down, I want to discuss changing everything you know about foam. <laughs> okay. <laughs> about foam. So, Tim, before we specifically get into how this foam is going to help animals, and you talk to me about it, and it's just crazy. It's really, really fantastic. What is this foam that you are discussing, promoting, et cetera, that you admit that you have sort of had a hand in helping to manufacture? What is this? Um, well, it's a biomodified foam. There's There are two kinds of foam uh, available, really, that, you know, the blowing agents are TDI, toluene diisocyanate, very nasty stuff, or MDI. But the TDI foam makes really good foam. MDI foam, you know, will crumble and fall to pieces when it's not... What are we working with now? I mean, because because let's, let's not forget, my listeners are smart as whips, but okay. I don't think a lot of them have backgrounds in... Bali polypyrobolymer yeah, sciences. Well, suffice it to say that the we're the only ones that have made non-toxic foam uh, that performs just like all the the really nice foam that is toxic. So ours is pH neutral. It's uh, made from the fruit of a plant. So there's there's nothing but uh, carbon dioxide that comes off. You know you don't have to have uh, blowers, breathers, special equipment, anything like that. And it's pet safe, baby safe. It's completely inert to the environment. So uh, what happened was we started to um, use this foam for cleaning up oil spills. And it started with the British Petroleum oil spill. It was really devastating to the environment. Um, our foam, if you have one cubic foot of it and you put it in, weighing one pound and you put it in oil, it will saturate the foam and weigh 14 pounds. When you pull it out, you can squeeze it out recover the oil and reuse the foam so mm. that's what started it but the thing you know that you would be interested in is how we can use it to clean up oiled animals when there's been a disaster you know when you've got those those horrible uh, pictures of the birds just covered in oil or seals or you know any kind of animal so it's just um, you know looks like regular foam but it's super highly absorbent it's oleophilic so it loves oil does not like water oleophilic means oil lover oil loving oil loving like for instance if i were a if i were francophilic i would love the french but i'm not necessarily okay but this is oleophilic right so we can chop it up we can uh cut it into thin layers you've got a piece there you've got you have a do you have a piece there show show uh, okay is it is it also is it sprayable or is it? Does it come like, for instance, I, when you when you when you were talking about toxic foam, I was thinking about the foam that you spray on fires, uh, and that's that's toxic. Yes, it is. Okay. We, we haven't. There's so much to do. You know, we're a small outfit, so we, you know, can do that if we have the resources, but we have not developed that uh, in that direction. But you've developed a foam, and 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 there's this there's this piece of foam that you're holding up, and if you put this piece of foam in water with oil floating on top this will absorb all the oil and come out weighing exponentially more than it does now and you can also use this foam on animals what's that and you can also use this on animals to clean up the ducks and the geese and the the, just a thin it's like a towel right so you know you can pull it it's flexible you just wrap it around them give them a hug basically 
you know, or you can wipe them down with it. But as soon as the oil touches the foam, it gets locked into the foam and doesn't come out. I mean, they're not going to have so much foam on it that you'll actually, you know, wring it out and have it drip, drip oil. But you could put them in a bin of this, you know, put it in uh, or chop it up in chunks that are uh, large enough, <clears throat> well, small enough that you've got a lot of uh, surface area, but small enough that it won't uh, go into their nostrils or, you know, hurt them in any way you know but you just wrap it around them and it will just come right off the the oil and then they use the dawn of course everybody knows dawn dishwasher or dishwashing soap is used you know as the final right but they but with thing. all this oil gone they wouldn't have to use as much of it and thereby saving a little bit more of the environment true and they wouldn't wash out the natural oils in the in the feathers or the fur either Gray, we'll strip it out. Gray, what other uses? I mean, I think this is fascinating, and I think that that samples of this should be sent to the, the Channel Islands Marine Wildlife Institute. I think it should be sent to uh, SeaWorld in San Diego because of all the rescue work that they do. Um, just you know, where, and wherever there are oil spills. But what other uses? I mean, wouldn't you agree? And what other uses do you see with regard to animals for this? Well, well, my question for Tim is. Um, have you approached uh, like National Marine Fisheries, uh, the stranding networks? Have you have you talked with any of them that deal with these animals on the front lines? Because I could see this being mobilized in the field very easily until you get them someplace where they can be fully de-oiled and, and managed uh, from a veterinary standpoint. Tim, let me just let me just. I mean, the stranding network. I don't. I. I, I don't. Do you, do you, the stranding network is basically uh, the coastline of well primarily the west coast but also the east coast and all of the institutions on the on those on those coastlines that deal with animals that uh, are subject to oil spills or, or or strand themselves because of starvation etc cetera, etc cetera. and i think gray's right i think this this needs to samples of this need to be sent to all of that yes uh we've done that too uh we sent some to uh massachusetts woods hole for them mm -hmm. to do research on it. We took some to uh, Yellowstone for the in Laurel, Montana. Four or five years ago, they had an oil spill under the river there. And um, we took some up there and left that for them, tried to find, we didn't, you know, you have to leave it with the sheriff's department or you know, some agency like that once we were actually there and could find out. So we left some there. We also took uh, a lot of product to Santa Barbara for a spill that they had up there two or three years ago. But we found, unfortunately, that they tossed it all. They wouldn't use it because they've got a special deal with Dawn and they make money that way. There's, you get into the politics of it and it's kind of not just, you know, not everybody has their heart in the right place. You know, there's an economic, political aspect to it as well. And that's been the most kind of eye-opening thing because, you know, we know that this works. We actually work with the Georgia uh, Aquarium. Oh, good. And, uh, good. It says right on the packages, you know, because we make household sponges out of this to a kitchen sponge. It will never smell because it's the foam is hydrophobic also, so it doesn't like water, won't retain water. So there's mm -hmm. no place for bacteria to grow. Um, so we say right on the package, you know, that uh, we support the Georgia 
aquarium and uh, they do a lot of research there so we're making inroads into those kinds of places but i would love to have you know your list because i've never heard of the strandings did you say the stranding chain yeah, yeah the, the the federal government it it issues letters of uh, um, uh, approval basically to cover certain regions of the coast carolyn's absolutely right so every part of the coast is covered by uh, a stranding team of facility some larger than others and these networks of of stranding facilities all kind of work together when there is a local event like what you described in some of the cases like santa barbara um, but, you know, maybe the thing to do is to look internationally, because um, as much as we have oil spills here in the U.S., there are parts of the world that have devastating oil uh, situations, and they don't necessarily have the resources available to, to intervene uh, effectively. And, and maybe the approach is to, to go international first uh, and, and get a few successes under your belt that you can point to and, and bring the, 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 the animal community along. Um, my other point or question for you was, have you talked to like companies like BP oil? Maybe they can get behind it and, and because they certainly could use some wins in the environmental PR uh, realm. That's true. That's true. And we are trying to make inroads there. Um, you'd be surprised how much politics there are. I mean, we can't no, we wouldn't. Really? No, we wouldn't. We would not be surprised at all. We got it down to Louisiana and they wouldn't let us own the water to even try it. They're like, well, we... Wow which side are you going to donate to? And we're talking about, and we're like, what are you talking about? I said, well, you got to donate to either the Republicans or the Democrats. <laughs> oh. in California. What oh, has wow. this got to do, you know, with that? And so they we couldn't even get on the water there. Plus, British Petroleum and large uh, companies like that don't want to have any responsibility for the spill. And so they, uh, you know, they spray Corexit on the water, which just makes it sink you know if you're 20 25 feet down under the surface on the gulf there's a whole methane environment down there you know created by them it's still there yeah and so what we wow. have found is we have to go after the the companies that they hire to clean these things up so that they can have arm's length distance you know like uh pacific clean pacific and uh or what pacific just clean harbors is one and uh, uh, Patriot. I think there are two of those. Have you approached, for instance, Clean Harbors? Oh, yes. And? Yes, we're, we're starting to make inroads in there. But, okay. You know, it's, this is another thing. We, you know, we're trying to promote this for use with the, the companies that are cleaning it up, and we discover that they're paid by the hour. They don't want something that works. <laughs> They should be paid by the job, but they are paid by the hour. And they're like, no, this would, our jobs would be over too fast. And so they won't use it. So there's a lot of that kind of thing going on. But um, I think eventually, I mean, we did make that known to the, the oil companies and they weren't, they weren't very happy about that when they rethought it. So maybe they are making changes like that. But, um, you know, that's kind of what we're up against. You just keep trying to uh, get in contact with them, show them how it works, which is very easy. We've got, you know, uh, videos posted on YouTube that, I mean, it's immediate. It's, it's immediate. It just picks it up and it's gone. The water is clean. Tim, I we, want a sponge. Yes, I will get you some. Get, get, me, get, get, get me several sponges. That's mm -hmm. number one. And when, when I hear you talk about something like this, Gray and I differ on one point and one point only. 
and that is Gray believes that everyone with regard to animal conservation has just, you know, they have their heart in the right place, and, and we all want the same result. I don't believe that. I think people are sons of bitches, and, and a lot of them, not everyone, certainly not my listeners, but, but, I, but I, hear, I hear, Tim, I hear you talk, and I think, no, there are a lot of people who don't, who don't give a crap about animals. They just simply don't. They want their hourly wage, and they want that job to go on as long as possible. And so that's the only, so I, and I firmly believe that. And thank you for proving my point, Tim. Great. Um, um, because it's, 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 it's ridiculous. What? Get in and educate, show people how it works, educate them more. I think that it will be accepted and can be used because the stuff works, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And so the people who clean up the, you know, the, uh, the, the oil layers that are 25 feet under the surface of the water need to find new jobs. Um, Tim, Tim, I have a, can I ask a quick question, Carolyn? Um, of course. What about, um, uh, first responders, you know, far inland, you know, you've got car wrecks and all that sort of thing. And the freeway shut down for hours to me, they want a speedy, uh, an effective product, right? All the things you, all the obstacles you just listed seem to be uh, not what first responders want to deal with. They want it done and out of there. Right. Uh, and that's what we've uh, developed is a pre-placed, what we call DODS or deploy on demand spill system. So it's hmm. all manner of foam products in, you know, sponges, booms, buoys, pads, towels, uh, all manner of, you know, whatever we can do. Cause you can, you know, make it into any shape. Sure. Um, and then have those pre-placed like near a pipeline where they've had, uh, you know, a spill before. Because mm-hmm. there are only two kinds of pipelines, those that leak and those that are going to leak. <laughs> right. So that's, we're uh, in that space of prevention first. So you stop the, the accident from becoming a disaster. If you have right. these things on hand, you know, the first responders, if they have it right away, they can get started before the big cleanup company gets there in five or six hours, you know, by that time. I mean, it only takes an hour for a drop of oil to uh, pollute a full square mile of, of water. So wow. we've developed, uh, you know, and this is, you know, some of our websites. Pura Marine is a company that we have so that that uh, those are marine products developed to keep the oil from getting in the water in the first place and hurting the habitat and the fish and everything. So that's like a bilge uh buoy which is much like this that goes in the bilge and 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 mm-hmm. all of the you know the oil or a, we've got a, a fuel bib that fits over where the the uh diesel nozzle goes into the boat because they always you know fill those mm-hmm. they rush over you know and the the diesel goes over the side of the boat and makes that colored film on top of the water right so this prevents that um the fisherman's bar, you know, it's good. We are getting out there for fishermen because you can, we make it into, you know, we infuse it with soap, which we don't need to do, but it will clean the fish smell off your gear, off your hands. Mm. The, this will even, I'm sure, will clean up a dog that's gotten sprayed by a skunk because the skunk, you know, what is that? It's oil. So right. this will, you know, be something like that, you know, that we can do. I, the only problem is I can't get anybody to test it. I'll test it. <laughs> I'll test it. The girl that was our guide says her dog is always getting sprayed by skunks. So I finally do do have somebody to test it. So we're going to send some 
to her. Plus, we've got this, which is a, a bio-degreaser. This is a brand new product. It's all uh, food-grade um, ingredients. It's citrus, smells like orange. It won't hurt you. It's pet-friendly, uh, pet-safe, baby-safe, but it works like gangbusters for degreasing. You know? So if you got um, an animal that gets sprayed, I would you know spray this on them and clean them up with a with a sponge. We're also you know going to be developing pet beds, and it you know the foam will never smell if you get pet urine or anything like that on it because it's you know doesn't hold water. Tim can mm-hmm. Tim can people buy these products uh, now? Uh, the the pet beds are not developed yet. But the the products that you do have developed, people can, I mean they are for purchase. Tell get, tell everybody your websites. How can people find you? Uh, the best well you can buy these things on Amazon but if you want to uh, help the company the most you would go to puranaturalsproducts.com P U R A Pura Naturals U R A N A T U R A L S products <laughs> You're like me as we get older it, it's like It is what? it is early Sunday morning I know so. <laughs> <laughs> so Tim I have a one last question for you um you know, looking ahead to the next 20 years or so, there's going to be more oil exploration in the uh, North Atlantic, uh, North uh, uh, Arctic Circle. Can your product work in cold weather conditions? Yes. Awesome. Because what a terrible environment to have to deal with a major oil spill like happened in the Gulf up in the Arctic, yes. uh, where nothing <laughs> nothing will decay ever. Um and uh, so that's great news because I would imagine that's going to be a, a a boom market at some point. Yes, it will. It's already starting. Yeah. So there's, Amazing. You know, there's a lot of stuff that we can do, and if we had more more resources, that's always a thing. You know, we could develop all this stuff uh, much more quickly. And a, and a, and a way to cut through all the red tape in politics. Well, that, well, we'll see. We'll see with between Gray and I. We'll see who we know. Who might yeah. be able to help just in in, in a, a small way to get you a couple of serious wins, and mm-hmm. that way you can you can say, look, we did this and this and this and this and this to 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 even more companies that that could use your product. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay, send me a sponge, my friend. Come up, let's have some lunch and give me give me some sponges. But thank you so much for coming on the show. Will you come back again when when we've got more to talk about? Yeah, after we, you know, actually find somebody that will use it for a while. And I mean, you know, you hate to have a disaster to, you know, test it or use it. I know, I know, I know. But they are going to happen. That's right. You know, once we get some people that use it seriously and have had some success with it, I think it'd be great to come back on and, you know, ring the bell. Absolutely. Show show photos, before and after photos of ducks and then and then pre-foam and post-foam ducks. Yeah. Love it. You know, it's non-toxic. My CEO's dog, German Shepherd, ate a bunch of it. And <laughs> Just went right through him. Maybe it can, maybe it can also be used as, as, as a digestive aid. Yes. Maybe, you know, listen, why not? Why not? It'll, it'll pick it right up. <laughs> Although it'll absorb 14 times its weight. I was going to say. Like you wouldn't believe. I was going to say, I'll use some of it, but then I'll have like I'll, I'll 14 times. I'll just look like, you know, a little Buddha. Uh, Tim, thank you so much for being on the show. Really, really appreciate it. Good to see you, my friend. Great, great work you're doing. And Gray and I are going to put our heads together and see how we can maybe connect you. Uh, with some with some folks that we know, right, Gray? 
Sounds good. Yeah, yeah. I've got some people in mind already I'm thinking about. So. Right. Hmm. Okay. All right. Tim, we will talk at you later. Good to see you. And I'll, I'll be giving you a call. Come up for dinner. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. We'll talk to you soon. Wow. Gray. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Wow. It's, it's a shame to see that so many obstacles that have nothing to do with doing good work and, and helping the environment, helping people, helping animals. So, um, but as you said earlier, that's, that's sort of human nature, right? We, everyone's got skin in the game. And uh, so we've got to we've got to find those a couple of locations where we can get the product in use and show some success. And uh, it doesn't I I don't see how it diminishes the role of using Dawn. Um, You know, it's it's not a it's not a zero sum game. Yeah, because you have to. Well, because you have to use less Dawn. You want you don't need to use as much Dawn. And yeah. and Dawn wants everyone to just use Dawn. You know what I mean? They like want just yeah. Dawn and Dawn only. So this says, oh, and they may they may this product may negate the use for Dawn, or they may come up with a product that may utterly negate the use for any other type of cleanser. I mean, this may just take everything up at some point. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So 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 Dawn wouldn't be necessary. And I'm I'm actually hoping that that's what they do. Well, I just I, I I see this as being a tool that is part of the overall tool chest, right? Of of things you use to prevent bigger disasters when little ones are starting. Exactly. So, you know, Dawn does great work, and they they have for a long time. Um, I have to believe with our use of oil around the world, there's there's room for both of these great products. Absolutely. So. Um, I, 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 so. I, I, I couldn't agree more. Well, it's and it's and the uses, the varied uses. It's just it's just astonishing. Um, yeah. So you and I, my friend, let's talk about what's going on in the world. Well, do you want to start with your own little town there called Los Angeles and, and Billy, and, and perhaps <laughs> and perhaps Billy the bull elephant? Yeah, let's yeah. let's talk about Billy. Um, the city council just rejected a yes. proposal with regard to the veterinary commission, right? Yes, yes. My understanding is that. Um, City staff members were charged by uh, one of the committees. It's a long name uh, committee uh, last in January to come up with a plan to create a third party independent panel to evaluate Billy, his health, his well-being, his environment, his care, all that. And so the city did just that. The city staff members came up with a plan and it included uh, veterinarians that have at least five years of elephant care experience right C- i mean city if you have a headache you go to a, a neurologist That's you right. don't go to a podiatrist right. city staffers came up with this not zoo staffers but city staffers city yes yeah. the city did this they you know their due diligence they thought what's the best makeup of a panel well probably uh veterinarians that don't work at the la zoo and but that do have extensive asian elephant experience well uh the committee councilman um and the, that whole committee rejected that idea. Paul Koretz and Mitch O'Farrell. They rejected the idea because they basically, uh, without, I mean, it was kind of a backhanded kind of slap, which was basically, we don't think these people can be independent because they work with zoos and all zoos, therefore, are going to stick together and help each other out and, you know, cover each other's back. Never mind the fact that veterinarians have to take an oath. Uh, and they have their own form of ethics, which is do no harm, take care of the animals, um, and the politics be damned kind of thing. So it was pretty. Uh, it was a pretty cynical decision. And the interview that I I read online, 
from the councilman that's actually been driving this whole thing, who's Paul not Peretz. even on this committee. Yeah, uh, it was pretty cynical. It's like, gee, you know, I realize you may be uh, easily corrupted, sir, but why assume that every veterinarian that has ele elephant and zoo experience can't rise above their own ethics and make the right call? In my opinion. Objective? In my opinion, and I can say this because it's my show, I believe that yes. Paul Koretz has been corrupted. I believe that Paul Koretz is now I don't I don't think Paul Koretz cares a, a damn about Billy. He simply doesn't. What he cares about is looking like he cares a damn and putting his heart on his sleeve for his constituents, most of whom are too busy with their own lives to really kind of worry about this, the Billy situation. I'm sure some, some, some are, and perhaps they are swayed by this misguided, misinformed, corrupt councilman. But Paul Koretz couldn't care less. All he wants to do is get reelected, look like he cares, because in this city, um, appearance is f far more important than what is actually done. And... Yeah. Paul Koretz, I'm sure, knows in his heart of hearts that moving Billy would be the worst possible decision, not for the zoo, not for the population, but primarily for Billy. For but it's Billy. a good issue in an election year, and it's a way to it's free advertising for him and his, his campaign and for that that hardcore segment of the population that are his constituents, it's giving them red meat, right? Or tofu, exactly. whichever. Well, so, yeah, let, um, let's not say all, because I'm sure some of, I'm sure a lot of his constituents are very bright, well-informed yes. individuals who understand the Billy situation and and no. don't, don't buy into what he's doing. But I'm sure there are some who are simply too busy to kind of research it on their own and do buy into it. And Well, and, and it's, I'm sorry to interrupt, but a lot of times I think the, the people that are kind of in the center on all these issues, we often tend not to vote. We often tend not to get involved. We often tend not to contribute dollars to campaigns. And so um, especially during the primary type season, right? So, uh, yeah, this is very predictable on the part of this one politician. I'm sorry, you know, you have to deal with that on a regular basis. But to me, it's folly to not include experts to evaluate a situation that have the experience to evaluate that situation. I mean, you wouldn't want to go to an avian vet or a small animal practice veterinarian to comment about elephant issues. Well, um, and an avian vet. We have specialists vet, in medicine. We have right. specialists in veterinary medicine. Well, and, and an avian vet who is approached now, I, perhaps by the city council, should have the ethics to say, I'm not qualified to do that. I'm not right. qualified. No, right. they're going to have to, I think, listen, the longer this goes on, the longer Billy gets to stay in his home. Right. Do you know what I mean? And, and I believe that it's going to come down to a question of dollars and cents because wherever there's only one place that Billy can go. There are only two major elephant sanctuaries that I think are willing to take or that, that, that could take Billy. One is on the East Coast in Tennessee, I believe, and mm -hmm. only takes females, only takes cows. And the one up north here on the West Coast, it would be an exorbitant sum of money because Billy's going to have to have his own barn. Billy's going to have, to, I mean, the, 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 the moving costs. And I don't know if Los Angeles City voters know this, but Los Angeles is going to have to foot that bill. Right. So Billy, where he is with his 10 acres, which does not sound like a lot to the uninterested, to the lay individual. But Billy's got 
all that room to roam. He's got two separate pools. And as you as, as we've talked about before, Gray, Gray, the Great Migration Route was in search of food. <laughs> and so elephants will walk that Great Migration Route in search of food every year <laughs> and back right. and forth. If they are given food, if they've got keepers who love and care and worship them, they're not, they don't need to move. Why right. should I move? Why should well, and Billy gets all and, the exercise. And those keepers are creating um, enrichment and clever things for him to do. It's not like all they the just time. pile it all one spot. Of course not. You know, you gorge yourself no. in front of the television and never get up. It, these animals are encouraged to they move and to, hide to it exercise. All over yeah. The place. Yeah. yeah, they hide it in crevices and rocks, and people yeah. come. And, right. and, and the great thing is that when they do the enrichment for Billy, very much like Otto Fad and his rock stars uh, at Bush Gardens. Uh, did when when you and I were there? They hide it places, and mm-hmm. I mean, this is a huge expanse of land that this that this bull has. Meanwhile, Jewel and Tina and Shanzi, the, the the females, are, are are in their little pen, not little, but their area for a while, and then Billy mm-hmm. goes back into the barn, and they get to they get to walk. But, but it's a huge expanse of land, and they're hiding it all over the place. You know, so, so right. and, and, and visitors get to watch. They get to watch Billy problem solve. They get to watch Billy, you know, just kind of, and Billy couldn't care less. It's like, he's this wonderful well, ambassador. And, and there's, a tr- there's a track record of success there. He's lived there how many years? 30 years? 30, 30. I mean, that's, 30 years. you know, that's like, you know, my wife and I joke once in a while. We've been married uh, 28 years, you know, and I, and I joke with her. I said, yeah, I'm still on short-term objectives with her. You know, she's still kind of weighing whether or not this is going to work out for her kind of thing you know we're being we're being facetious about it but it's like you know uh well i don't blame her gray at all i know i am sketchy very uh, sketchy yes yes so i'm hopeful in the next decade or so i'll i'll uh, I'll get promoted to the next you'll get you'll get just to a a permanent status but but billy's already achieved that permanent status here 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 in los angeles 30 years it's the only home he's ever known and look I'm sure that that the sanctuary where Billy would go is 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 fine. I do know for a fact because I have been told by those who experienced it firsthand that no visitors are allowed there. Billy would have no interaction with the public. He wouldn't he, and no interaction with the trainers who he has known all of his life, who love and who care and who worship him. Um and that if you want to go up and see Billy, they need a week. You need, you need to give them seven days' notice yeah. for some reason. Yeah. You can't simply drop in unannounced. And I'm just curious. I've been told why they need seven days' notice. And the listeners can probably discern for themselves why they would need seven days' notice in order for, for, for a dignitary, a, a celebrity, someone to go and see what's going on at that elephant park, at that elephant however, sanctuary. That's all I'm going to uh, say. But however, you know, uh, zoos like the L.A. Zoo are subject to random inspection by random. the USDA that are unannounced. And they so have to comply. They have, they have to have their crap in a pile every single moment every of every single, single day. day. Or they are subject to uh, an infraction by the USDA inspector. So, yeah, zoos are held to high standards, uh, both through the federal government. Uh, Some states have incredibly stringent rules. California is pretty, pretty regulatory in nature. Surprise, surprise. Uh, And some states are are very, very uh, involved in in zoo regulation and, and oversight. So, 
to suggest that zoos are not, especially something like LA Zoo, which is one of the larger Great. facilities, yeah. one of the more well-known around the country, um, you know, they're doing the right things and they're providing those animals great welfare. Can we do better? Of course, we can always do better and learn and, 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 and incorporate that learning into better care going forward. Of course. But this is a, this is a Western problem, right? This is a, we've got too much time on our hands in LA. What should, what scab should we pick at? Oh, let's pick at LA zoo and Billy again. Yeah. 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 I think, I think when, when we come to a point where we cannot do any better for elephants is when poaching has become a thing of the past, all the poachers have moved on to do something else and elephants are are able to be returned to the wild on untouched by man. That's when we can say we can we can do we can do no better. But until then, we are doing brilliantly by Billy. You know, listen. And and by the way, do you think the city council cares about Jewel and Tina and Shanzi? They couldn't give a crap about those female elephants. They don't care. It's they're focusing on Billy because he's the only male now. Billy needs Billy needs a brother, somebody he can get along with and a girlfriend. That's what he needs. He doesn't need, and, and, you know, Billy doesn't, well, Billy probably does know that we're fighting over him because he's incredibly smart, this animal. Very smart, very loved, very well cared for. Oh, man, oh, man. Um, I, by so the way, I, by I, the way, I think have... just to, to finish up the news on this, yeah. the city committee, the council committee told the city staffers to go back to the drawing board and come up with a new plan to form this third party independent panel review. And I suspect that you'll see a veterinarian from PETA show up on this panel suggestion. Uh, what also it, the panel does need to do, in my opinion, is it doesn't, it, it shouldn't just be made up of veterinarians. There should be a couple of animal behaviors, particularly those that are well-schooled and experienced working with Asian elephants. And that's one thing I would change on the original staffer's plan, which is don't make it just about veterinarians. You could have two veterinarians and one behaviorist or three veterinarians and two behaviorists, but you need to have that, that animal manager, animal trainer, animal caregiver background because veterinarians see things differently than people like myself who you know, are tasked with caring for the animals sure. every day. And you need both of those perspectives, I think, to assess overall welfare. I don't know, and I will find out, if the zoo itself has, if John Lewis, who's the director of the zoo, has any input into, as to who is on this, as to who is on this. If he is working uh, or, or contributing his opinion to the staffers who are comprising this list. I don't know, and I will find out, because, you know, He's, he, of course, he would veto anybody from PETA because they, they kill animals. They don't help yeah, animals. I'm, I'm sure he would love to have some input on it and, and could recommend zoo uh, veterinarians from around the world, around the country. Right. It doesn't have to just be the United States. There are not. plenty of great experts <laughs> yeah. around the world. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but my, my guess is he probably doesn't have that level of input, right? Probably not. Probably not. Um, but I will find out. I will find out. He may have made certain recommendations because he's he's an incredibly ethical man and he knows what he's up against with regard to this idiocy from Coretz and Mitch O'Farrell, who, by the way, has told me, oh, no, 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 that's it, it told me there's no question of moving Billy. We're not going to move Billy. We simply want more land for Billy. Well, that's great. Let's take some of that golf course that's right next to the zoo and uh, and, uh, you know, take take off that 18th hole. Or nineteenth hole, or whatever it is. No, seriously. And there's a there's there's a a proposal 
people have made that proposal to, to China. I don't think the golfers will would be happy at all. But there's all there's certainly things we can do. But that's directly from Mitch O'Farrell, and it's like, okay, Mitch O'Farrell, then you work on that. And you get your buddy, Paul Koretz, and I have no idea why Mitch O'Farrell even signed off on this bill. Because, it, well, uh, listen, if it's, it's just a question it's, of more it's, land, it's we can find it's that. All, it, it's all circus and folly and, and for show. And it, it, it's a waste of time and everybody's money and, and energy, uh, especially if it's a foregone conclusion that Billy isn't going somewhere. It's true. So, it's true. So Billy essentially is now in the circus. Yeah. The human Billy's circus, in the circus yes. of Billy's in yes. the circus of LA, of LA politics. Well, we will we will keep monitoring that, and I will find out whether or not uh, the zoo has any input onto that list. So, tell me, what's new in the world? What's new in the world of Gray Stafford? What, where have you been? Uh, well, I um, uh, I was in Florida last a uh, couple weeks ago. Uh, spent some time at, at Bush Gardens, uh, visiting that facility. It's a wonderful facility in Tampa. Um, doing some great, great conservation work, some great uh, endangered species uh, reproduction. Uh, just a fun place. And uh, uh, it was fun to catch up with people and, and spend some time with the, the terrestrials. So all is well there. Uh, speaking of Bush Gardens, uh, I don't know if you caught this headline or not, but SeaWorld's stock price has been climbing for the past few months. It's gained several dollars per share, uh, which is which is a fascinating development and one I'm sure that the company is is really is that about. because Joel Mamby is out on his ass? Uh, well, certainly when there's a leadership change, I think there's an optimism, but there has to be some results or some some reason for that optimism to be sustained. Well, and, uh, you know, Joel left, I think, February, March. Um, so I think that their numbers are good. I think that uh, their attendance so far this year, particularly in the San Diego Park, which has been the one that that has been kind of a ghost town for the last few years. Uh, I think their numbers are improving quite a bit, Mm -hmm. and it sounds like investors and Wall Street and the public uh, is, uh, um, you know, changing the tune a little bit about SeaWorld's future. Well, I think that's because when when Manby left or was, I think, ousted, uh, I think, let's hope, I think he was ousted or asked asked to leave or his contract was up and they simply didn't renew it. Um, The new leadership is, as what I have heard, is considering putting trainers back in the water, maybe, maybe, as independent contractors, um, reviving those 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 interactive shows that uh, or displays or we don't want to call them performances, but we, you know, this these events three times a day where up to five thousand people can watch, can get up close and personal, and see humans in the interacting with these brilliant species um and i think maybe that's kind of filtered in into the into the collective consciousness um you know making it more about the animals and less about the rides uh yeah i think the future is yet to be written there um the good news is the interim ceo is a gentleman who's been with the park system for 30 years i think so they they instead of going to the outside like they did with joel they got a Joel was a, an amusement park guy, and they put him into a, an animal facility that had rides. And Joel saw things a certain way, and, and they didn't work. Um, SeaWorld has gone towards more rides. Uh, the ride in San Diego that they opened recently is very popular. Uh, and so I think it's going to be it's, it's going to need to be a balance, right, of, course. Uh, of, of, of attractions, animal attractions, thrill rides, uh, and overall quality that will help that park system. 
so, you know, we'll see. I, I hope that from a, you know, I'm an animal guy. I, I think people go to zoos like SeaWorld and Bush Gardens to see the animals. And uh, uh, I'm hopeful that there'll be more emphasis on those attractions going forward. I think there will be given who the, the leader is right now. Um, but we'll have to see how the summer goes and whether or not this uh, improvement in their stock price, their finances is real and sustainable. Um, I think everyone's crossing their fingers, hoping that that uh, they're on a, 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 a more sure path. I hope forward. so. I would love to see SeaWorld really announce, in addition to their thrill rides and and hopefully uh, the resurgence of of the uh, orca shows, the dolphin shows, mm-hmm. et cetera. Yeah. Um, yeah billboards that announce you know in the park hey we also uh we're part we're the largest jewel in the, in the stranding chain we yeah. we take in animals we rehabit we rehabilitate animals we yeah. rescue them we rehabilitate them and then we release them i'd love to see more of that in the park so that people people get a larger education while they're screaming their ass off on a thrill ride yeah and i think you can have both um but i also think um you know the the greatest writer in human history was william shakespeare and he and the line that i love most of shakespeare is to thine own self be true it was the advice of uh polonius to laertes before he went off on his first you know adventure as a young yep. man and and I, you know a it's a it's a it line that i try to adopt and i think it's something that companies like SeaWorld have to also adopt which is we are a zoological facility, first and, foremost. first and foremost. That's been our nature for 45, 50 years. And to, to turn our backs on that is a mistake. We tried that for a while, and it didn't work. It was failing miserably. And so my hope is that that there are uh, smarter heads in, in place right now that realize this is who we are. We are an animal facility. We do great work. We're proud of that great work. Yes, we've learned from the past. We, we make mistakes. But we are, we're here to stay. And yes, we'll add some attractions and fun thrill rides just because that's what families are looking for. But I don't think anyone goes to SeaWorld thinking it's, uh, it's a Disney experience right. or it's a universal experience. It, it, SeaWorld has the unique niche because they have such animals that no one else has. And uh, I, I hope that they don't step away from that identity. I hope they embrace it and uh, embrace it proudly. I agree. And the, the operative word being proudly. So yep. when they they say, look, you know what? We make mistakes. Everybody makes mistakes. But yeah. I hope that from now on, they don't, quote unquote, take the high road and be silent when they do yeah. or when, yeah. when, when, when inadvertent and, and unexpected tragedy might strike because it will. It always will. Yeah. These people go into the water or they, they feed the animals or they take care of the animals knowing that these are animals and they are and their and their instincts might might take over so something might happen but i hope that when and if it does they are not silent letting the pitas and the blackfishes and the idiots of the world sort of speak for them as if they know and that they they stand up you know on their hind legs and say no 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 this is the truth this is who we are this mm-hmm. is what we're going to keep doing because right. this is because the more important the more important uh, overall driving force theme, the purpose is to educate the educate people while they're while they're riding the rides to educate yeah. people the yeah. next generation about these creatures because so, because they need to be saved. Well, think about this, Carolyn. <clears throat> we are now seeing the first generation of kids grow up that have never seen a human being interact in the water with a killer whale. You know, for all the generations of kids 
like myself that grew up watching those shows in person and seeing those on videos and that that connection that true connection between one predator human beings and the other top predator to see the killer whale that's that's not what the common experience for young people growing up today is. And unfortunately, we need that more than ever because we just found out in the last few months that uh, the Southern resident killer whales living off the Pacific Northwest, there are at down to 75 animals. They just lost another uh, adult. Uh, and it also appears, according to research, this is not Dr. Gray saying this, this is according to peer reviewed research. It, it seems as though genetically, there is a bottleneck in that population. And what I mean by that is only a couple of the males have been siring all the offspring for the last 20 years. So there's an interrelatedness of, of some of the offspring. And furthermore, because they only have 75 adults, that doesn't mean that all 75 are breeding. Some of those are grandparents. Some of those are kids. Some of those are sub-adults that aren't breeding. It turns out that probably about 20 or so of those animals are actually what we call the effective population, which is the population actually producing offspring. So even though their number sounds great, oh, they've got 75, Doesn't their great. real population is only maybe a few dozen right. that are actually contributing to any future right. growth. Right. And Why is that important? Well, these animals are starving, they're being polluted to death. Like our friend Tim talked about oil and so forth. There's there are significant problems in their environment at a time when SeaWorld is, is, has shown in the past, immediate past, that they're receding from killer whale husbandry and veterinary medicine and science and so forth. Now. Uh, those two things are not compatible. If we're going to save the Southern residents, we need to save facilities like SeaWorld and that expertise to intervene should we need to intervene. And I think we almost do at this point with the Southern residents we have to. in a way that we didn't intervene with the Vaquita soon enough. Have we? So to me, um, we can see that the tea leaves are right there before us it, with wild populations. And now is not the time to forego all that expertise all the financial resources and dedication that a place like SeaWorld and other zoological facilities represent with respect to just orcas. Now multiply that by hundreds of other species hundreds that need the same species. kind of attention. Thousands of other species, exactly, yeah. exactly. You spoke about the connection between one between the human the, the human apex predator and the, the marine apex predator, which is the orca. And I think the, uh, one of the key words that was missing is, is the loving connection. Yes. The loving yeah. connection yeah. between yeah. these two. It's not just it's not just a connection. Hey, I see you. Hey, you see me. This bond, this incredible yeah. bond, which is not it's 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 something that you have to, you have to see up close. When did the trainers come out of the water? How long has it been since Don Branshaw was was that? Uh, it has been. It has been nine years. Nine years. Okay. Eight years. Eight and a half years. That's I believe. right. It was so 2010, I believe. If, 2009, 2010. If the trainers go back in the water, we ostensibly could have a, a seam soon a seamless link between one generation that saw it and and the next generation that yeah. sees it if they go yeah. back in the water. Yeah. And so and I and and I'm hoping they do. And with regard to the the southern resident population of orcas, it's just fascinating to me that PETA and HSUS, etc., 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 all of these radical batshit crazy activist organizations are focused on what 12 12 orcas that are in loving care in San Diego couldn't give a crap about the southern resident population. Mm -hmm. And so yeah. it's just it's just I guess PETA, uh, ethical treatment of animals that that are that we can make celebrities for our cause, not right. all animals. 
because right because because the southern resident population is difficult that's so, that's not an easy difficult. solution yeah. that that yeah. involves how do we save the salmon that they prefer to eat how do we cut down on boat traffic that we need to give us our ipods from, yeah. from our, yeah, and our yeah, iphones yeah. from china um how do we satisfy the the all the tourism that the whale watchers you know there's a real there's evidence lately that tourism and those boats are interfering with their natural foraging behaviors at a time when they can't find food as it is. So th these are complex problems. And what I have found in my career is that organizations like you mentioned, PETA, HSUS, they aren't serious because those involve uh, difficult choices and work. work. Yes. Whereas picking off and putting a post, you know, a killer whale in San Diego on a poster and generating funding around that by misleading people uh, who, who, truly want to do something to help animals well that's easy right that's exactly. that's that's fundraising exactly. so exactly. um yeah it's you know it's it's the serious minded people versus the pretenders exactly we are out of time i can't believe we're out of time well you know when you and i get rolling <laughs> <laughs> exactly there's it's basically a steamroll there's there's no stopping us um I'd like to do this again and soon because yeah. there's more to talk about in the world and yep. there are more issues there are, there are more issues in the world that we need to talk about. Can we do this again? I think we need to bring bring Mark Simmons back and uh, because uh, there's a move afoot to put belugas in a sanctuary up in uh, Iceland where Mark was and that could happen as early as next spring. So we need to have Mark back and talk about sea pens and the wisdom or not behind all that. I'll get Andrea on that. I'll get okay. on when she's back in cell phone reach. Which should be later on today. Um, thank you so much, my friend, as always. And uh, thank you. thanks to Tim. I know Tim is Tim is gone, but uh, thanks to Tim Woodward again, ladies and gents. If you want, um, if you want a oleophilic, hydrophobic, nice. nicely done, loves oil, hates water, foam uh, to help clean up your your messes and spills. Um, go to www.p-u-r-a-n-a-t-u-r-a-l-s-p-r-o-d-u-c-t-s.com. Pura Naturals Products, one word, dot com. Order, order, order. Don't order from Amazon. I love Amazon. But you know what? Help the company. Help the Amazon. Amazon doesn't need any help. Uh, unless they pick up a series of mine, then yes, order from Amazon. Uh, products.com um, And Gray, as always... You know what can I say? You it's good are, to see you. You are beloved. You are Thank beloved, you, my dear. and certainly, certainly by me, certainly by my listeners, Andrea, Tony, right? Tony, yeah. Tony too. Um, kiss your lovely wife for me. Uh, I shall. We will. We will work on getting Mark Simmons on in two weeks. What's two weeks? What's the date? What's the date in two weeks? That would be the fifteenth. I'm still in town. Yours truly has uh, has gotten a little feature film. Going nice. to Boston. It's yeah. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's a retelling, a reworking of the Snow White fairy tale. And guess who I play? And that's it. That's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say. It ain't Snow White. It's as simple as that. That's right. Um, so, so I will be here uh, in two weeks, and then the following uh, show will probably maybe I can I don't know maybe I can do it from like the Boston Zoo or something like that, something like that. Maybe yeah. I can do a remote. Yeah. We'll and see. aren't you are, don't you have a, an episode of Suits coming up this next season for that? I do have an episode of Suits coming up. Yes, uh, in the next season, it's episode eight oh nine, eight oh nine. 
So, however you want to, however you look, look at look at that Saint Agatha, the horror film, that's going to uh, the London Film Festival, to the to, to the festival in Spain, to the South Korean festival called Bifan or Bifan, which is the largest horror film festival in South Korea. I'm just waiting for the public to see it. Because that's that yes that's that's sort of crazy and uh, and you know things are happening moving and shaking but um, the only reason that I would like to become even more famous than the modicum of fame that I already have is so that I have a larger voice to save more animals it's as simple as that and maybe get a new car something small um, so, uh, so so there you go. <laughs> Liz, Greg, again, thank you, thank you so much for being on the you show. Uh, I we will we will talk at you later, uh, probably later on in the week. Listeners, what an incredible show! Thank you, Tim Woodward and Pure Naturals Products. This incredible foam that we're going to try and spread all over the world, and uh, and Grace Stafford. Interesting things happening in my city, uh, and 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 around the country. Again, as in everything that you do, uh, attempt to cultivate the preservationist heart because it will, it, will, it will lead you absolutely in the right direction. Tony Sweet, thank you again for being my board operator, the handsomest man in radio. Uh, love and abstention to Andrea Compton, my producer. And we will see you in two weeks, listeners. Thanks. See you then. Bye-bye.